Welcome back, everyone. I am so excited to be moving forward in this journey. I want you to know that as I continue to seek the lessons that God would have me share about grief, he continues to teach me through experience and reflection. And this week was no different. I came face to face with a reminder of deep hurt from years past. And this was not a place that I had generally avoided. I had discussed the events and the feelings around it before several times. So the sudden realization of anger over something I thought I left behind took me by surprise. Enough so that I cried and I shook and then I tried to forget it. Now, in comparison, this situation, this assault on my innocence was small, and I never fully felt the grief. But I knew the importance of expressing my anger in that moment over something lost long ago, because anger turned inwards breeds depression, and I had done that so much already. Now, years of watching people that had hurt me move forward in their lives without justice had created a bitterness that at one point in my life, it caused me to pray hateful and sinful prayers and to fantasize about ways in which they might get what was coming to them. It's a difficult thing to admit, but it's as honest as I can be. I want to turn in scripture to the book of Jonah as I relate so much to his story. So let's begin with chapter 1, verse 1. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for the port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Now stop a moment and reflect on this. God gave Jonah a command. He told Jonah what he was to do, where he was supposed to go. And Jonah went in the opposite direction. But why? Now, I love that the story begins like this because it draws out deeper questions and causes me to reflect on so many moments in my life where I heard God calling me to obey and I refused. We see in scripture that God then sent a storm. Jonah knew that it was because of him and told the sailors to throw him overboard. In this, we can't miss the fact that before Jonah. These men worshiped different gods. They had idols. But when Jonah was thrown overboard and the storm ceased, these men vowed to worship God. Then we move to chapter 2, verse 1, and it says, Now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Focus on the word provided here. Depending on the version you read, it might say sent or delivered also, giving us the picture of what God is doing here. The fish was a gift. Think for a moment of what it must have been like inside the belly of the fish. Cold, dark, wet. Imagine the smell permeating his nose, soaking into his skin and hair. Not a comfortable place to be. I wonder what Jonah was going through for those three days before he began to pray. Now in verse 2, Jonah begins to speak to the Lord. 
In my dreams I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead I called for help, and you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the depths, into the very heart of the seas, and the current swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. Moving to verse 5, the engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains I sank down. The earth beneath barred me to forever. But you, Lord my God, brought my life up from the pit. Here we get a glimpse into what was happening before God sent the fish to Jonah. His life was at the end. That was it for him. But then God provided a way out. A fish. A large fish. Now God saved him, even if it probably wasn't what Jonah expected. His life was saved and he began to praise God in the hard places. He vowed to sacrifice and to obey. Then God commanded the fish to vomit Jonah onto dry land. I take so much away from this part of Jonah's story. God's ways are not our ways, but he knows how to get our attention. And we don't often recognize in the hard places that God is saving us. He is coming after us, preparing to teach and grow us in uncomfortable but necessary ways. So now, God has Jonah's attention. In chapter 3, he tells Jonah again to go to Nineveh and deliver the message that he has given him. This time, Jonah obeys. It took three days to go through Nineveh because it was such a large city. But Jonah pushed through, proclaiming that if they did not stop sinning, God would destroy them. God, in his wonder, must have been preparing the heart of the Ninevites to receive this word, because they believed the message and they repented. In verse 10, it says, When God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he relented and did not bring on them the destruction that he had threatened. What a time to rejoice! Who doesn't want to see people repent? What preacher asks his congregation to repent and then gets upset when they do and they're forgiven and grace and mercy are brought upon them? It's a time to rejoice, but Jonah became angry. Let's continue reading in chapter 4, verse 2. He prayed to the Lord, Isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? That is what I tried to forestall by fleeing to Tarshish. I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Now, Lord, take away my life, for it is better for me to die than to live. Jonah is so angry at God being God at his character, at how compassionate and gracious and wonderful he is, and how loving he is. He's so angry that God showed himself, his character, to the Ninevites, that he realized or felt in that moment he would rather die than live 
and know that. As we continue reading to the end, God uses this time to teach Jonah and illustrate to him the importance of forgiveness and concern for all people. The final chapter in Jonah can become a battleground for those of us who love and serve the Lord. As people who love the Lord, shouldn't we be forgiving and gracious also? And look what has been done for Jonah. Even in his disobedience, God rescued him. Still, I can relate to Jonah. I have disobeyed God because it didn't feel comfortable or okay to me. And God has gone after me in unexpected ways. He has allowed me to struggle and then rescued me even when it didn't appear that way. In my storms, he has also saved other people. I have prayed in thanksgiving and gratitude for the mercy and grace that I have been shown. And I have become angry at God for showing the same mercy and grace to those who have hurt me. The anger is a part of grief. What would we be grieving in this situation? Well, I can't speak for Jonah or for you, but I can tell you that in my moments of anger this week, with memories crawling into places I thought were already healed, I knew loss. In my anger, I was grieving the loss of my human sense of justice. The thoughts of God are higher than ours. His ways are higher than our ways. My expectations of what was deserved was overshadowed by the character of our good, good Father. I was grieving the loss of health over relationships past and present. The effects past trauma had on my ability to relate to others created strain and difficulty in ways that were detrimental and sometimes unspeakable. I was grieving the loss of innocence and discovery, the loss of self-esteem that impacted the freedom to choose how to treat myself. I was grieving the loss of expectations for people who were supposed to be in my life, for people I needed in my life growing up, a father, a friend, a teacher, an innocent crush, lost under the weight of sin. I was grieving everything I could not get back, every loss that forever changed my world. It is so easy to wonder what was wrong with Jonah, why he wouldn't take on such a simple task, and why even after God rescued and forgave him, he would still become so angry at God for his goodness to the Ninevites. It's easy to wonder until we reflect on ourselves and ask, in what ways have I failed to obey? Who are the Ninevites to me? What am I grieving? And where do I go from here? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, it is so easy to see Jonah as being wrong. It's easy to judge and criticize and to carry our human expectations and place them on you. 
We know in order to release this, we need to grieve. So open our hearts and minds and show us what we need to grieve today. Then give us the courage to face those things and the strength to hand them over to you. Heal us, Lord. I ask these things in the name of your precious Son, Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much for joining me today. Let's continue this journey together next week as we uncover more ways in which grief is often misunderstood. God bless. Mm -hmm.